Welcome back to another episode of the Colgan Shark Free Podcast. I'm Mr. Watts. I'm Dr. Healy. And in this week, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um, our fall sports and the end of our fall sports and the beginning of our winter sports. And we have Mr. David Huckstein here with us for that. Uh, so, Mr. Huckstein, tell us uh, how sports gone so far. Successful fall season. Our golf team has won the district title. Our cross-country team, they'll be, both teams will be headed out to Great Meadow this Thursday um, for the district championship. Cheer came in second place in the district. They were fifth in the region. Volleyball will was successful, won the regular season championship, and will head to the district uh, tournament tomorrow evening, Tuesday at 7 p.m., and they'll be taking on Woodbridge, and if they win, they'll be playing again Thursday evening at 7 p.m., taking on either Hilton or Forest Park. Both games would be here at Colgan High School at 7 o'clock. Field hockey won both the regular season and the district championship, and they will start the region, we believe, this Thursday. Uh, we're hearing there might be a referee issue, um, if that... If we have to change that, we'll be making some notifications. But can't, uh, can't find field hockey referees. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, that's supposed to happen this Thursday at 7 p.m. here as well. And if it was Thursday, and we have officials, we play in Unity Reed oh, High okay. School for the uh, quarterfinals of the 6B region. And our football team is back in action this Friday against Forest Park here at Cohen at 7 p.m. So I feel like, uh, Dr. Haley, you know, uh, I'm, to, I'm dating myself a little bit. Remember back when ESPN would come and you get like like the sports flash? Like it was like 30 second little, yeah, little yeah. blurb. I feel like that's what that was. That was like the Colgan sports flash, right? Like, like you got stats coming come across right across the bottom of the screen on the ticker. That was <clears> nice. You got it all in just a couple of minutes. There, <laughs> there, there you go. Nice. Summary. That was nice. All right. So that's a lot of <laughs> district championships. That's a lot of... Um, uh, regionals, um, which is kind of impressive. Uh, let, let's go just with the first one you said, golf. Uh, this is repeat, 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 or something like that? I'm trying to remember from the Pep Rally Friday. I believe that's the fourth in a row for golf. I, well, maybe it is five. Maybe it is five in a row for Coach Beatty, Coach Brian Beatty, and Coach our Brian golf team. Beatty. Yeah, that's yes. right. It is five. You're right about it that. It is five. Every year except the very first year. Correct. So we're in our sixth year. Yeah, five. So, so where, uh, just for people uh, listening and who's going, Colgan has a golf team, uh, where, does, where do these golf tournaments take place? Well, our home course is Old Hickory, but the district and the region golf tournament took place out at Forest Greens this year. Okay. Yes. And do you normally get uh, students who attend those, or is that kind of like, is it a little like cross-country? Like, is there really a crowd for that? There's literally no crowd. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's really the parents of the gotcha. uh, golfers who, you know, walk along or ride along watching their kids play. Um, now, Mr. Huckstein, if I, if I went out and played at Four Screens and was part of the tournament and I shot my normal 115 with, uh, I don't know, two, three mulligans, where would that place <laughs> me? Where would that place me in the tournament? <laughs> That's nice. I like this. I like this. <laughs> Uh, you would be uh, probably dead last in the, uh, especially the region tournament. Um, the uh, the region tournament has some very, very good golfers, high quality golfers. Once you make it out of district into region, 
Um, in fact, out of district, you have to shoot at least 100 and 110, I believe. You cannot move on in the, if you score more than 110 out of the district to the region. So, but in, in all seriousness, the top guys, the top golfers, uh, men and women, are shooting what? What are the top one? What players shooting? 68, 69. Wow. 70, That's amazing. 71. Is that, yes. is, is that par 72? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. My whole life. I've been aiming for that, and these kids are doing that at their mm. age. Isn't that amazing? In fact, I watched a uh, freshman, a young lady freshman from, uh, I think it was Colonial Forge in the region. She shot a 70 or 71, and she had a, a four-putt on a par three. So mm. that tells you how well she was playing the rest of the round. Wow. Yes. So, so I know in other sports, uh, uh, students commit to colleges or scholarships. Does that happen with golf? Yes, it does. Um, we have not had any here sure, at Colvin, yeah. but I know, let's just take the young lady I just talked about. I'm sure that will happen for her. Wow. That's, I mean, you know, it's things you think of the, the major sports, the uh, um, uh, football, volleyball, baseball, basketball, swim and dive, all those kind of things. But uh, yeah, golf, that's a, yeah, how, I, I just wonder, um, I, well, you think that's like uh, other sports where you start like when you're like four, like. And you're just playing golf like on the weekends with your family. You haven't seen those uh, Tiger Wood documentaries. I have not seen a Tiger Wood documentary. Yeah, yeah, he's down there probably as young as as soon as he can walk, swinging a golf club on, uh, on all over the place. His father was doing that with him. So it, it, you have to be quite dedicated to be that good. There's no doubt about it. And uh, um, I think it's one of those weird sports where not only do the top students end up going to college, but some of them actually just turn professional right away. I've known a couple of uh, students who have just jumped on a tour. I, I forget, there's like different levels of tours and I forget all of them. I'm not an expert, but they just go right into it to try to, you know, make it big as a professional. So you see that in golf as well. Okay. Uh, uh, full disclosure, never played golf in my life on a bucket list of things I need to do. Right. I feel like as, as, as a middle-aged man getting older, I, I need to learn how to play golf. Yeah, I'm thinking your personality is not going to tend itself towards <laughs> golf, but that's just my opinion. Maybe, maybe. What do you think, Mr. Huckstein? I think everybody has to try it, especially when you start getting, you know, a little older. Yeah. That I think yeah, yeah. you can't do the other, you yeah. know, the things you used to do. Yeah. Uh, golf seems to be the one thing that you can continue to <laughs> roll on with as you get a little older. Okay. Um, and then you said cross country. Uh, so cross country teams, uh, I see them literally running around campus, uh, what seems to be every day. Like, I don't know how the kids have that kind of endurance, but you said their tournament was Great Meadows Park. Great Meadows this, uh, this Thursday will be okay. the district championship. Yes. And I believe it's November 4th is the region championship. Um, we hope to be successful again. Last year, both the girls and the boys won the district and we're hoping that happens again this year. And so you, you had mentioned, and then we got volleyball coming up, district tournament, I, I believe, Tuesday night. And then you said field hockey uh, Thursday night. That's a lot of district championships in, in six years of us going. Uh, could you talk a little bit about what was it like getting those coaches? So, so being the DSA, a director of student activities, uh, coming and opening up Colgan, what was it like to get those coaches to build that kind of championship caliber, um, just performance in, in just six years of being open? Well, um, obviously, when we put all the 
coaching vacancies out. You hope to get uh, the, the best and highly qualified. And it seems like in our area, when a new school opens, that attracts our top coaches because they know it's going to be a top-notch facility. Um, uh, they, they want to, there's something about opening a new school and beginning from scratch with a team. Like, and, like an expansion team in the NFL. Correct, correct. So there's <laughs> something about building that. And, you know, we're just talking about volleyball. If, yeah. if they win on Tuesday and Thursday, I believe that's five in a row for girls' volleyball as well. So, yeah. you know, we, we started out, you know, we were doing okay at the beginning, and now we're seem to be rolling through some of these district uh, championships. Uh, so how has that gone with students wanting to attend uh, these events? I mean, you had said that pretty much cross-country and golf is a, a family-only kind of observance. But what have you seen coming out of the pandemic, the crowds for field hockey, the crowds that are coming out to support volleyball? So volleyball, we're getting, uh, we're getting a lot of kids out for volleyball. Hopefully get more out here coming up for the districts on Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, we're going to try and promote for Thursday as well for, you know, it's hard when you have multiple sports going on at two different locations to get the crowds that you want. But uh, uh, there are a lot of students that come out. Uh, I've, I've seen it in the last month or so for both volleyball and they're starting to come out for field hockey as well. Once we start rolling here and the weather's nice outside, we'll get some people out there. Yeah, I think volleyball is really one of the sports that people don't understand how good the talent and the play is at this level. And they they equate it. Um, I hope I'm not insulting anyone here, but, you know, like volley PE volleyball where they just mm -hmm. put like, well, I'll say old school. I'm okay. sure this isn't happening anymore. <laughs> but where you'd be like, you 30 on this side, and you 30 yeah. on this side, and you're just people just hitting the ball all over the place. That's what they equate volleyball to. Well, but, well, when you come out, the talent level, the, the discipline, the precision is really quite impressive. Um, and we have some, you know, very um, talented young women on our team that uh, I think will end up being able to pursue volleyball at the next level. And so it is quite impressive to see them play. And if you have, so if people haven't gotten out to see, and this is a great time of year because the competition level uh, goes up at, with each game, each further you go in the playoffs, the competition becomes more and more severe, uh, stiff and, and difficult. And so the, the level of play rises with each game. It's just been, I, I know it's just uh, sometimes the suspense coming through when those matches just keep going and going and going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty impressive. And then you'd mentioned football. So talk talks about the football season. Well, the football season so far, <laughs> uh, we are currently, oh, and I believe eight. Uh, we have three games left. Oh, three games? Two, two. Two, yeah. I'm sorry, two. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Uh, we got you. Homecoming. We made it that Yes, out. yes, thank you, thank you. We have uh, Forest Park at home and then Potomac away the following week. But the last couple weeks, the kids have played really well. And um, actually, homecoming evening, we thought we were going to pull out a W there. Thought we were going to get it. Yes. Thought we were going to get it. Yes. And um, Really, the last two games against Hilton and Woodbridge at homecoming were very competitive games. And... I have so much, um, I don't know, respect for the players on the team because, you know, there's the old adage, of course, you know, uh, these these times, times of adversity make you stronger. And 
certainly a lot of life lessons. And as my father used to say, things that build character mm, yeah. when you go through these struggles. But to see uh, the guys that have not quit, that are working hard, they bring it every week, the passion, the fun, the enthusiasm. Uh, I have a lot of respect for that because it's tough. It's tough when you're struggling a little bit. But that says a lot about the character of the the members of the team. I mean, Friday, Richard's fake punt through the end zone. I mean, I was watching yes. that and I was like, what is this? Yes. Yeah. And were you there when I asked him about it? Yeah. 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 Did you know? Is that a secret? You think, no, or? just throw, throw it out there. I mean, we, we so, put the teaser so for the how, audience. How so. often do you see a fake punt out of the end zone? Out of the right? end zone. And we, we, were, we were still within and, winning this game, right? And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I said, uh, Richard, did you did you do that or did the coach call that? He said, I just did it. I saw the opening and went. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is quite a risky play. You don't see a fake punt out of your own end zone. I'm not sure I've ever seen that, quite no, honestly. No, you, so, asked, you asked the question. I was going to say 0, 0.0 times have I seen a fake pun out of the end zone. Except for so, this time. Yes. But it worked. Yeah. yeah. But if it doesn't work, he, he was joking when he said this. He says, yeah, I knew if it didn't work, I might as well just get my stuff and head off the yeah. sideline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but he brought, again, there's a good example of the enthusiasm still in the game, trying to fight uh, with everything he can and uh, – it was an exciting, exciting play, wasn't it? It really, really was. I, it's, it's, it's. I've said this informally to a number of people. Uh, the, the, the environment and the atmosphere at our home games has been off the chart, just amazing. And so, to see this last game, homecoming, with a really, really competitive game down to the last seconds of the game, to see the the fans and the just everybody being so in it and how loud everybody was uh that really tells you something about our school community and and uh the excitement ar around those types of events so that was really special and our uh, our students that come into that student section every week i mean they are there every home game and that thing is filled up and they are yeah. lively you know, whatever's going on in the field they are a lively bunch just trying to add to the uh excitement of the game and uh, i appreciate those guys coming out and supporting the kids as well absolutely yeah and i mean just uh, coming out of what last year they couldn't we couldn't have fans right right for most of the season we could the last game of the year yeah yeah it was one of those things where first it was no fans and it was like just the parents then it was like parents and one guest and then all of a sudden the very <laughs> last tickets? game yeah. we could have a lot of people but by that yeah. and it was a weird time of year yeah, right it was, was like right? a january yeah. to march football season it was just april. weird yeah april. Like april april the last game was in april right yeah so so that's 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 just crazy it's great that we have so many students that are willing to come out and just support their peers um how many of our athletes are like dual sport athletes so do you have players that are going to be playing for this upcoming winter season yes i would say field hockey um field hockey athletes usually feel uh they roll into uh mostly i would say girls lacrosse right uh there's a lot of football that do a track and wrestle um Trying to think, you well, obviously cross country rolls into indoor track and outdoor track, and uh, so yeah, there are a lot of folks playing multiple sports. Yeah, uh, uh, you always say this indoor track. I've never understood this. Explain indoor track to me, because we don't have an indoor facility, correct? Well, I'm still waiting for someone to explain it to me. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, in in all seriousness, it's uh, uh, 
the state, the Virginia High School League does have indoor track. Um, do we have an indoor track, in quotes here, uh, uh, in our area? No, most of the time we're either going to PG County, Maryland to have that meet. Wow. If we actually do a indoor track meet or we, you know, back in the day we had to go down to, I think it was uh, VM. VMI. VMI has an indoor track, right? Fork and, Union, Virginia Tech. And now, uh, you know, Virginia Beach has this beautiful facility that they hold the state indoor track uh, meet down there. So um, here we run our indoor track outdoor in the middle of winter as long as the weather cooperates. And uh, and so uh, it, it just helps build the kids for the outdoor track season. And that's, that's what it's for, to get them rocking and rolling for that and and, and they do have uh, i think richmond the the richmond area has an indoor track facility that it, that our kids will go and 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 run on the weekend so uh, they do have the opportunity to do that as well but mr watts if you had about um i don't know a quarter of a million dollars okay, okay, and you it. wanted to invest in a in a, a money-making capital venture oh building an indoor track facility would make somebody a lot of money Okay. Um, I don't have that type of expendable cash, but uh, it, it really, in all seriousness, it's a between us and Fairfax County and Stafford and Loudoun, it's an opportunity waiting to happen uh, for someone to build that. But I, I did coach two years of indoor track back in the first couple of years okay. when I was a teacher at Woodbridge High School. And on warm days, of course, you practice inside, I mean outside, but on most days we would practice on the lower level of that school and the students would literally run around the lower level because it was in a, in a circle. And it was uh, quite interesting to see teachers navigating the hallways after school with then the sprinters going by. It was pretty amazing. I'm just I'm just thinking of the the basic a, a indoor school floor. Like, yeah. You know, what yeah. kind of shoes are you wearing for yeah, that? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's funny. The, the, the distance kids, they, they seem to be able to go outside no matter what the temperature mm. is. So you'd always send them off somewhere, right? And they'd go off and cross-country long-distance kids can handle that and that's no problem but all the other many events with indoor track um we would practice downstairs in that lower level it's quite an adventure we don't have that luxury here so they, yeah. they practice most of the time outside right of course if it's dangerously cold they're not right practicing. correct and uh yeah i do remember those days it was you, you had to watch yourself turn in the corner yeah that's right <laughs> if you were a teacher and uh weren't expecting someone coming at you at about, you know, 30 miles an hour as they turned a corner. But, uh, but yeah, Dr. Healy is correct. If, if, if someone built that, it doesn't have the indoor track facility would turn into basically also a, you know, a volleyball, you could put mm. multiple volleyball courts up, multiple basketball courts, you know, hold uh, big weekend events and, you know, people would be spending money in Prince William County and that would be a wonderful thing. But Hey, Maybe Amazon will bring that to us. Um, so uh, just for the, the listeners, uh, can you just give us uh, that sports flash minute of um, what's winter sports? What is winter sports? Yeah, what, 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 are, the, what are the teams? <laughs> winter sports. We have boys and girls basketball. We have wrestling. We have indoor track that we just talked about. We have boys and girls swim and dive. And we will have gymnastics gymnastics here at Colgan High School. We're excited for gymnastics this year. We finally, gymnastics is one of those uh, sports where you you want to find, you just can't go into the school and say, do you want to coach gymnastics? You have to have a very highly qualified person to do that. And uh, 
we believe we found that. So this is the first year we've we've um, held some meetings, um, and we will start right off the get go. And and by the way, winter practice begins November eighth. Well, so I was just going to ask that: Have tryouts already started for winter sports? No, that's November eighth. Um, and we're looking to uh, boys and girls basketball will start November 8th. We don't really have a start time yet because we have to wait and see what happens with volleyball. Because if they keep going, you know, they will have the opportunity to practice after school and those tryouts will be pushed later. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll have tryouts right after school. Wrestling is on November 8th, right after school. Indoor track usually starts a little later towards the holiday in the, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday because they're, they're still doing their cross country, uh, getting through states before they really ramp up the indoor track. Uh, swim and dive, girls and boys swim and dive, that starts November 8th and that'll be at the Aquatic Center uh, at about 2.30, 2.40 on that November 8th. So that'll be the tryouts for that. And um, gymnastics will be November 8th here in our Ox Gym at 5.30. They're going to do some floor routines. This is start here. And uh, so there, everybody has to have a physical, the tryout. And most of our kids, I think we're about 80%, 85% have their physicals because we've been in out of season and we have our kids do a physical for out of season. Did you mention uh, wrestling when wrestling? Did I? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. said that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. So All we'll right. be uh, looking to ramp that up as we, you know, finish off the fall season, hopefully in some region and hopefully into some state tournaments. Yeah. So they'll overlap as usual, but uh, looking forward to That's starting That's a good winter. problem to have, though, right? If you've got to push back oh, yes. tryouts a little bit because you've got teams yes. in regionals and, and state tournaments. That's really nice. Uh, so, uh, all right. So now put on your, your sports center anchor, uh, here and, uh, give, give us some, uh, not, not, you know, I don't need win and loss totals, but give us some, uh, some predictions about this year. So in, in, in last year pandemic, so it's a weird year. Can't really use that as a, as a, as a gauge, but I know in previous, we had girls basketball that I believe had, had gone to regionals and gone to States in the past and, um, swim and dive all, seems to always be in some kind of regional tournament, right? Yep. And s- same with wrestling. So uh, g- g- give us some predictions. Go all right. Seat. Go. All right. Here we go. I think girls basketball, they lost, uh, obviously, our school's number one scorer, rebounder, all everything. All, Alyssa all Andrews there. went down to Wake Forest. But I think we have the talent to continue in our district to uh, be at the top of the district or near the top of the district and uh, hopefully win another district title and move on to the region. I don't want to put any pressure on the boys coach, Jason John, but I think he has got some decent talent. I've been watching some of the, the, you know, the uh, out of season work and Jason's doing a good job out there. And I think, think they have some decent talent for this year so i think hopefully they can move up in the district rankings uh swim and dive i think will always be uh our, our kids are so competitive that in swim and dive i think will always be uh this year especially will be uh, good as uh, again um Let's see. Well, wrestling, wrestling. We will probably. It's always between us, Woodbridge, Forest Park. I think we're in that mix again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and I think that gymnastics, uh, have to wait and see what, yeah, how, course, that, yeah. how that, how uh, that, transpires. But, uh, I think we should have a successful winter season as well. Yeah. So swim and dive, are we had two swimmers who went on to D1 schools? That's correct. Yes. We had one, uh, a boy went to university of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, okay. and then one female swimmer that went to university of Florida, Florida. two, two big time schools to swim. Those aren't, yeah. those yeah. are definitely division one schools, but they're not only division one schools, they're elite division one schools. They're at the top, you know, university of Florida is competing for national championships. So, yeah. so, uh, really, really impressive accomplishments for both those young people. I, I remember, and I can't remember what, what, a parent event we were in, but, Miss um, Misenchek had said that she had had students who were excited to come to Colgan to swim from middle school, hmm. right? Like like in middle school, they were excited. I think it was a signing day. They like their whole time they were just waiting to get to Colgan so that they could they could swim for her. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting. The swim program has really established it well, both the boys and girls team and. Um, of course, there's some really good competition across Prince William. Is uh, is people sleep on the fact of how much talent is in Prince William County for swimming? Um, you know, really, the D.C. area is one of the top areas in the whole nation for swimming talent, and so we've we've done a nice job with our program, and it's nice to hear people are looking to to come be a part of our team. So, Mr. Watts, I, I've listened to a couple of these. You've always asked people what your guests are listening to oh yeah but yeah I, I was coming for that I was, I was, <laughs> I, so you know i i, I kind of go back, back and forth between the uh starting off right into that and then ending with something deep and then so starting off deep a little bit this one and then oh, we'll get into mm-hmm. that. but thank you for that segue that is beautiful so uh as the guest uh what are you reading watching or listening to in the last couple of weeks so i've really been listening to i'm a huge office fan Okay. So I've been listening to the Office Deep Dive by Brian Baumgartner, who's Kevin. Is that a podcast? Podcast. Okay. And I've been listening to the Office Ladies podcast. I okay. do that every week. Okay. So oh, yeah. what is on those podcasts? Oh, they just, uh, one breaks down, the Office Ladies break down uh, an episode every week. They mm. go back and tell it as if, you know, what they went through for each episode, and they bring in a guest sometimes, and... Uh, they're in they're in season five episode I don't know uh, fifteen or something right now so they're they're about halfway through their uh, their entire office run and uh, the office deep dive uh, Brian Baumgartner brings on somebody from the show whether it's an actor mm-hmm. uh, you know a cameraman a film uh, person a director and he just talks to them. Um, for an hour or so about their time on the office, you know, what they were doing before the office and, you know, how did the office affect them and so on and so forth. So yes. Yeah. Oh, so, so you're a big office fan. Are you so much an office fan that if the office ladies did a live show at a DC venue, you would, you would go see it. I would probably go. Yes. Yes. I am a giant West Wing fan. And so when, uh, reach case hereway, uh, did uh, the West Wing Weekly mm-hmm. at, uh, I can't remember what spot it was in D.C. I dragged my wife along and said, it's a, it's a date night and all that kind of stuff. Really, it was just so I could be a nerd and listen to it. But they did. They had, they had actors on stage and they were giving you the behind the scenes of, of that, that, that particular episode. Wow. Well, I, I think The Office is in the top three all time with, wow. with Cheers and Seinfeld. I, that's what so I was wondering when Seinfeld was going to come yeah, up. So yeah. have you have you been watching it on Netflix or do you have a, a routine where you're watching it uh, regularly at a certain time? 
So I turned it on this weekend to start watching, and I went to, I think, season three to start, somewhere in there. Okay, I, I thought remember. you would watch just, just jumped, jumped two over. seasons already. No, no, no. I've watched that so many times, I could, you know... <laughs> I could go through and uh, and basically probably uh, do a talk over on some of that stuff. So sure. I, Seinfeld was, uh, without a doubt, one of the best ever. So with Seinfeld, uh, which character do you feel like you most are? <laughs> if you wow, had to, if that's you, a good question. If that you had to audition for, for a role on Seinfeld, which one do you think you could go in and nail? I don't know if I'm any of those characters, to be honest with you. Um that's a great. That is a great question. You just blew my mind, <laughs> Mr. Watts. What, what What would you say he is, Doctor Haley? Um, I'm gonna say I think he's probably more Jerry. He's like the mm. straight man, but with the with the punchline right when you need at the right yeah. time. You know, yeah. he comes in with the punchline. I was uh, just before you said that. I was gonna say probably Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. A little sarcasm yeah. here and there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. That's what I say about uh, Dr. Haley, what are you watching, reading, listening to? I, I'm not. I'm not anything. Nothing. No. So I, I've heard you talk about uh, this Colin Powell me- memoir. Have you been reading that over again? No, I haven't oh. talked about that. What are you talking about? You keep telling me all these great things about leadership. Well, I I uh, was talking through. He has like 13 leadership lessons or something mm. that I put out to the administrative staff, kind of in tribute to Colin Powell when he passed away. So that's really. I hadn't. I hadn't reread his. Um, his uh, autobiography. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't done that, um, but I put that out. What I was interested in was he talked about. He talked about um, um, the uh, paying attention to detail, mm. the details that great leaders pay attention to important details, and um, and their ability to do that. And he equated it to this brown M M&M and M story with Van Halen. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Right, and so then I didn't know anything about the Brown M&M story, and so then I listened to David Lee Roth, who who told this story, and David Lee Roth is a very eccentric, interesting person. And so basically, in Van Halen's writer, their contract, when they would go to venues, they would bury in the middle of it with, they'd have all these things about, we need this electricity and these lights and this, that. Um, And they would put in there that we need uh, no Brown M&Ms anywhere in in the arena. And David Lee Roth. And just, no brown M&M's. No brown, I see brown M&M's. I'm out. So they would show up, and, and David Lee Roth said, of course, he had a reputation that he would trash rooms and trash mm-hmm. these facilities if he found brown M&M's. And he did do that, he said. But really, the reason we put it in there was to see how much detail they were paying attention. Were they paying attention to what was in our rider, all our requirements for lighting and sound and Et cetera, et cetera. And so, if they saw brown M and M's in the in the you know green room, so to speak, they would know. Oh, this show is not going to go well because they didn't pay attention to our needs to make our show exceptional or special. But if they saw that all the brown M and M's had been removed, then they knew the arena was a good place to be. I thought that was interesting, and I thought yeah. I thought that Colin Powell referenced that was yeah. even more amazing. Yeah. So um, you had. had- that stuck with me. I think when you had told me the Brown M&M story and we were, you know, just finishing up homecoming and I'm hanging, you know, 200 light bulbs from the tents and, and the zip ties are there. And I'm immediately thinking, uh, okay, I got to go back and I've got to clip every one of the excess little pieces <laughs> of that. And then uh, I think it was the order. It was like, what were you doing? I was like, Dr. Healy said, you got to pay attention to the details. <laughs> it's details and things. And so it's, it's really stuck with me. And in fact, that's been some of the things that I've been hearing 
Uh, so much of people talking about Colin Powell and tribute to him uh, that it's been, I've been hearing him talk in little interviews that he's done on other podcasts. And I think NPR just dropped a podcast called Wisdom from the Top. Mm. And it's uh, it's leaders telling their story about how they've they've done certain things and got to that part. So I've been listening to that. And then um, uh, I didn't have Internet last week. So a tree fell on the house, knocked down the power lines last Saturday, knocked down the power lines, knocked down the cable lines. And, you know, I'm a nerd. So a lot of things at the house are all digitally connected and all these things. And so it was really hard for us because we were like, how do we turn on the lights? Because the lights are programmed to turn on when (laughs) when when GPS, we arrive at certain (laughs) spots or any of these things, lights turn on the program that way. And so then, but more importantly, what do we watch? Because, you know, we cut the cable, so we don't have, you know, like antenna or any of that kind of stuff. So nothing happened. And of course, Comcast and their awesomeness, uh, three attempts of three different tickets. And everybody told me that everything was going to be fine. Uh, finally, they came out and realized that, the yes, the tree that's still down in part of the easement uh, completely broke the cable. And so then, you know, had to actually run a cable all the way across. So. Uh, had to download some old things on uh, HBO Max because the only spot where I can get a network that isn't blocked. Uh, download some shows, but uh, picking back up. Have you guys uh, seen that Netflix series? You? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So no. I haven't seen the new season. Yeah, season three. Yeah, I saw the first two yeah. seasons. Yeah, so started back up with season three for that. It's I really find most of my Netflix watching is when your teenager comes out and is watching something. Then I, I get the reviewer recommendation, but the other part of me is like, I'd like to know what my kid is watching. Yeah, in yeah. That same spot. It's amazing how on target they are with the latest crazes with those shows. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So the uh, the the show Ozark. Okay, it's on Have, Netflix. Haven't seen it, but I mean, I it's one of it's one of those ones where sometimes I watch it and I'm like, right. okay, I gotta our kids around, right? There's <laughs> a uh, the, the young actor that plays the son of uh, the I can't remember if it's. Justin Bateman or which Bateman it is, but the young <laughs> Sub Bateman. It's yeah. like a bald one, right? <laughs> yes. So the young actor is actually, if you follow this, uh, one of my bet my best friend growing up in high school, who later passed from melanoma, but his brother's son is that young man mm. that's huh. playing in Ozark, yes. Well, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a that's a Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation. There you go. Yes. Right there. Yes. <laughs> all right. So with that, you, I can't top that. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, follow us on all the social medias um, at Colgan HS. If you have a comment about uh, any of the things we talked about in this podcast, uh, drop us a line at comment.coganhs.com. And thanks for listening.